Hi. In this episode, I'll tell you my story. It has nothing to do with developing your intuition. So if you want to tune out now, you can, or hang around for a bit, and you can listen to how I got to this point in my life. Let's start at the very beginning. Oh, wow, I feel a Julie Andrews moment coming on. If I break into song, you are welcome to go running because that's what animals and small children do. Um, side note, when I was in grade six, I played a nun in The Sound of Music in our school play, and I thought they sang and they chatted all day. So for the longest time, I wanted to be a nun. That obviously didn't happen. You know, I probably could have used a few nuns on my back when I was a teenager, but that's besides the point. I always had a vivid imagination. That's what my parents called it. I would see things at the window or on the stairs or I'd hear something and nobody else in the room even flinched. I figured, yeah, that's what it was. It's my very vivid imagination. So the big moment came when I was about 12 and I get woken up because my bed and the closet doors are shaking. They're rattling, I can hear them and my bed is bouncing around. I didn't know what to do. So there I was being of the exorcist generation and this is happening? It only happened for a few moments a night, for a few nights. And finally I said, how can I get this to stop so I can sleep? And at that moment, a young boy, a ghost, walked up to my bed, curly brown hair, brown pants, beige shirt. He was about five years old and his name was Leo. He said that he knew I could do things and he needed my help. And what? <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, what things is he talking about? Then he said, my daddy killed us all, and then he killed himself. Can you help us get to heaven? I said I didn't know how. I, I didn't know what to do. I was stuttering and stammering, but he said he'd show me. I can't even remember why I wasn't even afraid. I thought it was just the neatest thing talking to this little ghost boy in my room. Now, I can't remember exactly how I did it. But I did cross over four kids, mom and dad. And dad was the hardest. I do remember those feelings. One night shortly after that, Leo returned. And he said, thank you. And he had a gift for me. And I was a kid in the 80s. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, an Atari or a Nintendo. And yeah, yeah, I know I'm Atari years old. He said he would always help me and always protect me. The gift was the ability to connect to the other side even more strongly and to have insight. So instead of seeing these random things at the window or on the stairs, I can make sense with them. I can have a back and forth with them. The protection he was talking about started almost immediately. There were some really close calls, some near-death experiences that I have no idea how I survived. My friend was hit by a car and just missed me. She was fine. I almost drowned in the lake. I got pulled into a car by a strange man and, and survived all of these. Call it coincidence. I call it Leo. Those are just a few of the things. He was looking out for me, that's for sure. At that time, there was no internet. 
I was reading a comic book one day and there was an ad in the back. Remember those little ads and you could buy sea monkeys or you could send in your drawing of Skippy the mouse or whoever he was and an art school would contact you if they thought it was great. Well, there was an ad for a book called The Magic Power of Witchcraft. Huh. Interesting. So I ordered it. I actually still have it. It had stuff on manifesting your thoughts, tapping into your intuition. It was all I could find that helped me understand what was going on. I relied on it to reassure myself that what I was seeing wasn't stupid and it wasn't my imagination. It wasn't a witchcraft book. It was an intuition book. But way back then, witchcraft sold. Witchcraft made money. I'm glad it did. I'm glad it enticed me because I bought it and it helped me out. Fast forward through the teenage years where I made a lot of bad decisions, as I should. So we're going to skip over that entirely. And I did what we were supposed to do. I got an education. I went to university to be a teacher. I loved working with the kids and seeing them learn. Now, the challenge was being in a room with all these kids and every so often dead grandma or dead aunt or uncle would come in. Oh man. <laughs> so I taught for about 15 years. I actually co-created and taught a literacy program. I co-wrote two books on educating families and early literacy. When I was teaching, the other side was really pushing to connect. They used to come see me at night. I'd get woken up at three in the morning. I'm, I'm sure some of you are familiar with that 3 a.m. wake up call. Wherever they could find me, they would try and get a hold of me. And I'm not trying to be spooky. They really wanted to connect. So what was I to do? I didn't know how to connect with them with my mind. So I went to the more popular things of the time. I explored palm reading, tea leaf reading, tarot cards, and actually reading regular playing cards. I found them to be the best. That's strangely enough where I got most of my information. All the while I was doing this, I didn't clue in. I wasn't getting the information from the palms and the cards and the tea leaves. I was getting them from the other side. I was tuning in with my mind. But these things are concrete tools I used and you can use and you're probably using to get in touch with your angels, your guides, your deceased loved ones, when we can in fact just use our own minds. It's pretty amazing what we can do. Then, after fiddling with all those things, I found Reiki and became a Reiki master. During Reiki treatments on my clients, spirits would come in. Oh, here's your mom, and your mom wants to tell you this. Or something would come up, like, who's Joe? Is that your brother? And sure enough, Joe was the brother. Basically, I was doing readings with people laying down. So it was time to stop doing Reiki and just do readings. Now, the biggest wake-up call came in 2005, when my mother was diagnosed with and died from cancer. I watched the spirits come in and out of the house to visit her. It was horrible and comforting at the same time. When she was in a coma, I saw her mom come in and tell her it was time to come see her. I watched 
my mom's blank sleeping face smile she smiled in a coma and my heart broke but lightened up at the same time and she passed about a day after that that's when my intuition really jumped to the next level thanks mom you can always rely on your mom on the other side to help you with whatever you need help with watching all this and having experiences with my mom since her passing made me realize that we are never alone and that's why i say you are never alone and i mean that in the most comforting non-spooky way even though they're around all the time but shh don't tell anybody a few months after my mother had passed the government changed my job got cut and i went back to substitute teaching what i did was i figured hey i'll try this psychic stuff this reading stuff on the side and i'll substitute teach and to be honest with you it is so much easier talking to dead people than 10 year olds i kept the substitute teaching on the side but the more readings i did for people the busier and busier i got so i was able to leave teaching i love what i do every day something incredible happens I create new ways of tapping in because every person is different. Everyone can do this. Everyone can do what I do. And this is why I started Lintuition. My name just so happens to work perfectly with the word intuition. Just stuck my LYN in front of it. People often ask me questions about myself, and I don't love talking about myself, but I'll share some of these things with you. Here are some of them. First, everyone asks, "Can you read yourself?" Well, no, not re- well, not really. I have a sense of what's going to happen though. Sometimes our wishful thinking can get in our own way of reading ourselves. Just because I do what I do, that doesn't mean I get to know everything. There's still a lot of karma, life lessons, your journey, blah 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 blah. <laughs> so I can't get to know everything. I have to approach each day like a normal human being, which I I am most of the time. A similar question is can you read your friends and family? Well, sort of. The problem is I want the best for them. I guess that's not really a problem, but when you're being intuitive, it gets in the way. You want them to have the best life possible, so I have to find a back door in to get their information that's genuine and meaningful. Sometimes I have to connect to their deceased family members or friends and they'll have a better handle on the info than I can get elsewhere. I'll explain what elsewhere is in a future episode and I can't wait to share those kinds of things with you. Many many people ask, "Can your kids do it?" I have two kids, I have a boy and a girl, and they can do it. Just like you can do it, just like your sister can do it, just like your dog can do it. So my son and my daughter they're both following their passions. My son is a very talented physicist and going for his PhD. My daughter's an amazing artist, so she's taking graphic design and killing it out there. When they were little and the world hadn't gotten into their brains, they did some really cool stuff. Jordan always played with someone who he called the silly man. And eventually as he got a little older, he identified him as Marcus. Now this only happened from the time he spoke 
till he was about four or five. My favorite story of Jordan when he was little and Marcus. Jordan had gone to bed at around eight or nine. I don't remember, but he would not settle and he was giggling and laughing and talking and I couldn't make sense of it. And around 1030 or so, I went to bed and listened to him giggle across the hall from me for a while. So finally, I broke down and said, Jordan, come in my bed. And there was myself laying on the left side. And he came in and laid down on the right side. Now, the digital alarm clock was behind him. And at this time, he was too young to read. And I saw, I don't want to say a shadow, like it's a spooky thing, but it was just a little darker for a second. And Jordan looked up at the ceiling and he said, silly man says, one, zero, five, nine, time to sleep. And he went to sleep just like that. He went to sleep and I sat up and I said, what? And the clock said 1059, one, zero, five, nine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> lot of stories with him. And it was always really interesting to see what would come up. With my daughter being an artist, this is a very appropriate story. When she was about four, we took a drive out to the East Coast. And she always loved to draw. So of course, she had her sketchbook with her that she used all the time. We were driving over a bridge in Montreal. And she grabbed her other sketchbook and said, Mommy, this is the exact picture. I didn't know what she meant until she showed me the picture in the other sketchbook that she wasn't using at the time. And it was a picture of our view at that exact moment. The boats in the same spots, the houses in the same spots, the other cars on the bridge. Very, very cool. Another question I get asked a lot is, do you see a psychic or do you see a medium? No. <laughs> I don't. Apparently, I'm a tough read. There's a few people that have been able to read me, but not in a formal setting. They've been friends who are very intuitive and things will pop up. Or my mom, who's on the other side, will visit and say, hey, tell Lynn this. The question is very often, how are you different from other mediums? Why should I go see you? My clients have said that I'm ridiculously specific and accurate. I get names clearly and messages that are so meaningful. It's not like, oh, your mom loves you. Of course your mom loves you. That That's a thing. But I'll get something like, your mom says, remember when you were nine and you would only wear the red running shoes with the blue laces, then you left them outside and they got wrecked and you refused to wear shoes for a week? Remember that? So those are the kinds of things I get. I need a, you can't Google that kind of thing to come up for me to believe anything. And that's what I deliver to my clients. There's no way anybody would know these things. I think people appreciate that I talk like one person talks to another. I make jokes, I swear. It's just two people chatting. So people come in a little nervous and I get it, I get it. But they leave with the weight of the world off their shoulders and feeling like they've got more hope and that they could move forward, that they've got a purpose. And oh, we'll talk about purpose in another episode. There's so many episodes brewing through my mind right now. It's, it's quite exciting. The last question is, is everyone psychic? 
And this is a great one to end with. It's the grand finale question. So yes, 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 everyone is psychic. You have to practice though. I still practice and refine my skills every day. When you're developing your intuition, don't ever compare yourself to someone else. My hope is that Lintuition helps you develop your abilities the best that you can. I don't have time to read lots of books or take classes, and this is why I created Lintuition. You will be able to use these activities to weave into your day. And it's easy. It's super easy. Just think about how easy it is to sit and listen to this podcast. That's how easy it is to elevate your intuition. I am so excited about what's coming up, and I'm fired up about what you're going to be able to do for yourself. Thank you for joining me. Please hit like and subscribe. Head over to Facebook, Lynn Nichols, Intuition Expert, and Instagram, Lynn underscore Nichols, for more intuition elevation activities. We're going to have lots of fun with this. And please remember, you are never alone. Chat soon.